about Milchemus Midian. So we started off with the Rashi. This is uh, this Rashi. There's almost no end to what what one can get out of this Rashi. It's beautiful. Uh, Pasuk says in the beginning of Parshas Matos, the Hashem tells the Moshe Rabbeinu that he should avenge the Jewish people from the Midianites. Rashi's bothered. What's Rashi bothered by? Yosef? What's Rashi bothered by? Hashem told Moshe to go and avenge the Jewish people from the Midianites. Rashi has a kasha. Right. And let's say it even a little bit more strongly than that, right? We know in the beginning of Parshas Balak, Balak is the king of Moab. Balak is the one who instigated the whole thing, right? They're the ones that got the whole thing going. They went, they went to Midian, they went, they went to Bilaam, right? They're the, the, the main story seemed to involve Moab. So first Rashi gives uh, one answer, and that is that, uh, well, they, they really, even though they attacked us, but it was in kind of self-defense, and that's not as grievous of an act, as, you know, an act of open hostility, which the Midianites had no reason to get involved. They were not under threat of, of, uh, of war. And, and, and so that, that was just an act of, of hating um, the Jewish people. Um, but just, just a quick aside, right? We'll call that an anti-Semitism, right? Now, what's so bad about anti-Semitism? Who said it's an avail to be an anti-Semite? Somebody? It's going against Hashem. No, it's going Very to good. For no reason. For no reason, I know. That means that they're anti-Semites. But what's wrong with that? Right? Next time that somebody says, this person is anti-Semite. Okay, and so what? They don't like the Jewish people. So what? No, no. Being against Klausel, says Rashi in Pasuk Hay, is being against Hashem. By the way, where did Rashi get that from in the Psukim? Anybody? Let you speak it out, right? No, before you show. Hashem's bothered. In Pasuk Gimel it says, Go and avenge Hashem from the Midianites. Moshe commanded, Go and avenge Hashem. Says Rashi, Wait a second. In Pasuk Beis it said, Hashem said to Moshe, Go and avenge the Jewish people. So which one is it? It's a steer between Pasuk Beis and Pasuk Gimel. Pasuk Beis said, Avenge the Jewish people. Pasuk Gimel says, Avenge Hashem. So which one? Who are we avenging? Same thing. And says Rashi, it's the same thing. It's the flip side of the same coin. And by the way, so, um, first of all, notice, when Hashem is speaking to Moshe, when Hashem is saying, avenge, Hashem wants vengeance for whom? For Klausel. When Moshe Rabbeinu is speaking, he wants vengeance for whom? For Hashem. Right? So each one is concerned for the other one's honor. Right? That's the, that's the beautiful interaction over here. By the way, notice. What did the Midianites do to us? What did they cause us to do? End of last week's parsha. Um, and that's why Hashem was so upset with us? Ah. So there was Gilo Arias and Avodah Zarah. 
And the one led to the other. Right? The one was, so to speak, against Klausrel. The other was, so to speak, against Hashem. But the truth is, there's two flip sides of the same coin. Like the Gemara says, that Klausrel don't serve Avodah Zorah except in order to get a permission to fulfill their, their lust in, 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 in Arias. Right? So, so it's, it's, again, on the side of Tov, it's Klausrel and Hashem. Klausrel, the physical manifestation down here of Hashem up there. And then, obviously, Midian did one against each one of those with the Gilu Arias and the Avodah Zorah. Okay? Again, one is, so when Hashem is concerned, he's concerned about to avenge Klausel, so to speak, avenging the Gilu Arias. And when Moshe Rabbeinu is telling to avenge, he's concerned for the honor of Hashem, so to speak, more focusing on the Avodah Zorah. But the two of them are the same thing. Okay. So now, um, coming back to our kasha, so, so Rashi has a kasha, if, if, uh, if we're talking about the avenging, we should be avenging against Moab. So the first answer is Moab was just because they were so scared, they were kind of out of their wits, they, they didn't know what they were doing exactly, right? Um, but, uh, but Midian, it was, it was uh, open anti-Semitism. But Rashi's not so happy with that because at the end of the day, just because you're very panicked and very scared and whatever it is, that's no, it's no justification to attack Hashem's people and uh, you know, to cause 24,000 um, you know, men, heads of households, basically, to, be, to, 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 to die, right? That's, uh, oh, I'm very sorry, right? that's not going to cut it exactly, right? So, uh, so that's why Rashi brings a second answer, a Midrash right? A Davar Acher, which says, Gemur Bavakama, that says that in the future Hashem is going to bring out from them two Prados Tovos, two young, beautiful doves, who are going to, uh, and in their merit, Hashem didn't want to destroy them. So on that, we had Ben, Bruce asking the Kasha, what? These were the most righteous. Gentile converts to ever come, you know, like this is, you know, entire nations can be destroyed. Why, you know, uh, all of the country of Og, all of the country of Sihon, you know, uh, we're gonna about to annihilate seven Canaanite nations, right? All the Egyptians that, that we that we that, that, that drowned in the sea, no problem, right? What there were not going to be any big tzaddikim coming out of them. What is so so special that's going to come out from here? So, that's one kasha. What's the other kasha, Moshe? Um, you, you can look in the blanks, in the blank space where you're already in. Why is it two doves? Why is it just one dove, one dove? Why, why is Amon oh. brought in? Why well, so not one, not one, one, one. Why, why, why the other one at all? Yeah, why just give Amon? me one. If I'm trying to justify not destroying Moab, so who's the only one I need to mention? Rus. Rus, that's it. Just mention Rus is the is the one that needs to be brought out, right? So so uh, so explain. And by the way, that's the kasha of Tosos. Tosos in Bavakama asked that kasha, right? So the Maral explains, no, you don't understand. The Rus without Nama is the, the, it, she's just a I mean very very holy woman certainly no question about it, a very holy lady, uh, but you know that Hashem would not have saved an entire nation of evildoers like Moab. For the sake of of of, 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 a, of a holy uh, Gioras, right? Rather, Rus 
and the Alma together. The analogy that the, 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 yeah, I was talking with, with the guys about this. Sometimes you have like these really fancy vaults that you only when you put two keys in together, right? The two presidents of the bank or whatever it is, each one has a key. They put the keys together, they turn it at the same time, then you can open up the vault, right? But one key by itself is not going to open anything up, right? So Rus, in combination with Nama, that's what's going to bring Mashiach. In the end of the day, right? From Rus came David, from Nama came Rechavim, uh, and, and there's the lineage from which ultimately Mashiach is going to come. That is something worth even saving these two nations for Hashem commanded us, you cannot go to war against Moab, you cannot go to war against Ammon, and the reason is because they still have this purpose to fulfill. That's what, uh, now, what, what Bruce said, that, that, that uh, it, language of the Gemara and Babakama doesn't say, I have a pray, I have one, uh, pray the Tova from here and a pray the Tova from there, right? he said, I'm going to bring two prayers out of them, that's to show you that the two of them are working in tandem, and not just, you know, each one having its own value. Oh, yeah, wait, I'm not allowed to do that anymore, right? They probably, okay. somebody else has copyrights. <laughs> We're going to... Okay. No, but uh, do we have the right to... I'll pay you for the advertisement. Okay. <laughs> well, you sponsored the breakfast. That's uh, There you go. You got the plug. Um, okay. Fine. So, um, okay. So that, so that was just a, a, a smack that the Maral brought for that. Now, the obvious question is, is it a coincidence that Mashiach is going to come from Ammon and Moab? Ammon and Moab have a relationship. Anyone know what the relationship between Ammon and Moab is? You guys are not allowed to say. Anybody? Jerry, come on. No? Rafi. Rafi. Okay, Yaakov. What's there? It just, just as far as family tree, yeah, just genealogical people? relationship. What? The, the daughters of Lot. Right. Questionable origin. First, first, just just oh. they are cousins. They're cousins. They, they 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 are the two sons, the two daughters of Lot, right? Each one had right. So the older daughter had Moab came out of her, and the younger daughter had had uh, Ammon come out of, right? So. Why is, that, why is that difficult? It's not difficult. Not, it's not, I didn't say it's difficult. Okay. I'm, I'm just pointing out an interesting um, uh, uh, coincidence. There seem, seems, seems to be something coming together over here. Okay? And it's through the two of them, that's how Mashiach has to come. Second point is interesting is, Mashiach has to come through, through Gerim. Why is that? Right? Like the only way we're going to have Mashiach, I mean, the Jewish people are not holy enough. Right? You need, you need two, not one, two, Gerim, to get Mashiach to come. Um, that's too hard. So, so first of all, as far as, far as Mashiach needing to come through Gerim, so the morale explains an unbelievable concept, is there's the Jewish people as they are unto themselves. And we're a very holy nation. But in order to take that greatness and to spread it over the entirety of humanity, that power 
has to come out through Gerim. I mean, and that's why specifically is the mothers of Mashiach are Giorises, because a woman is expresses what her husband gives over. Means the, what's being given over? It's Yaakov. What's being given over is, is Israel. But who is going to bring it out in order it should be relatable, in order it should be um, something that can, that can um, transform the entire world and the entirety of humanity? That has to come from, from, from these two Giyaruses. And perhaps that's why there's an allusion in the language of Brecha. Right? Brecha can mean a, a canal, that the water flows along it. Right? Like, like a language of Brocha. Uh, signifies a, a doubling up uh, and, and, and a flow that's coming down. A brecha is a flow, a canal that waters things, right? It's a way, you have a river. How do you get the water from the river out to your field? And so you make brechas. You make narrow canals, right? Or in the language of the Gemara, it would be an ama, right? An ama, usually they're an ama deep. And it carries the water out and then it spreads out, it branches out into your field. That's how you irrigate the field. So a brecha is a place that uh, from which you you irrigate. So you take the water of Klausel, and through these two breches comes out uh, and irrigates the whole world. That's that's uh, Ulai. One could one could add that drush. Is a tinuk finished by different than a, a uh, convert? Then? For sure, very different. I mean, in terms of the fact that you're trying to reach out to the whole world. Very different. I mean, it could be that there's going to be some sort of a similarity in the, in the ability to relate. Is that what you mean? Yeah, really, really, really. Yeah. Um, now, I want to draw your attention to a fascinating thing. Um, Maral says it wasn't a coincidence. Maral Nesach Yisrael, Paraklamet base says it was not a coincidence that Mashiach is going to come from Moab and Ammon, because Moab and Ammon are children of Lot. And Lot had that unique, special spark in him that had to be brought over to the side of good. And it couldn't go, it couldn't be without Lot. Now, um, that, that, that's, what, that's what he says. Now, an unbelievable observation. Sarimenu came from whom? Who was Sarimenu's fa- Father? Haran. Haran was Avram Avinu's brother. Right? Younger brother, Haran. Sarimenu was his daughter. And Lot was his son. Okay? Now, he had another daughter. Whose name was? Milka. Milka was the mother of Besuil. And so from her came Rivka. Rivka came from Milka. What? And Lavan. And from Lavan came Rachel and Leah. So if you notice, all the Imahos, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah come from Haran. Right? So the difference is that one of his daughters, Sarah, was Zohar to marry immediately to Avraham. Another one, that's uh, Milka, it took a few generations until Rivka 
And Rachel and Leah came from them to marry into Avram's family, to marry Yitzchak and Yaakov. And then his final child, Lot, it took until Rus, whatever it is, uh, I don't know, at least 500 years, I imagine, to do the math, right? And then another... Another 100 years after that, if, if, maybe another 200 years after Rus, was Nama, until Lot could produce the ladies that would be the mothers of Mashiach. So all of the mothers of Klausrel, and ultimately the mothers of Mashiach, come from Haram. Why is that? So we know the Midrash says that when Avram Avinu was preaching monotheism, he had a sidekick. We don't hear about him too often, right? But his right-hand man was his younger brother, Haran. Right? Who was backing him the whole time. And then when Avram got dra- dragged to Nimrod's uh, court, right? Haran came with him. And while Avram was about to be taken to the Kivshan Aish to be thrown in, so Haran said inside of himself, he said, if, he, if he'll be saved, then I'm with him. If he's going to burn up, then I'll, then, I'll cr- then I'll crumble under the pressure. Then, 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 then I'll cave in. And Avram was saved. He was thrown into the fire. He came out alive. And you know what Nimrod did then? He turned to Haran. He said, what about you? Haran said, I believe in the one God. I'm not afraid. So he took him and they threw him into the furnace as well. And you know what happened then? He, lived, he didn't die right away. Didn't he came out of the fire, miraculously. But from the heat of the fire, his kishkas inside burnt up and then he died. What's the message? The message is that his chitsonius, his externality, his external conduct was all correct. Right? In many ways, he was an extremely holy man. He was Avram Avinu's right hand man. But deep inside, there was a lack. There was a lack in his Amuna. Right? And therefore, from his three children, one was Zohar to marry right away, Sarah, one, a few generations later, and one took many, many, many generations of filtering, like we spoke about at breakfast of filtering and filtering and filtering until those sparks could finally come out and contribute to the coming of Mashiach. That's the... Uh, that that seems to be the reason why specifically it had to come through these... through through Rus, through Nama, and uh, something for us to understand the unbelievable how... Hashem does not withhold the reward of any person, even if he's lacking. Lacking in the moon. But at the end of the day, Hashem figured out a way to refine the good that was in him, to bring that into Klausel. From that came out big things. Every mitzvah that we do is a great thing. The more we're mechazek, the more schus it is. And the understanding that all the challenges and the travails and things don't make sense. How come Midian is being destroyed and Moab is not being destroyed? And what's... What's what's with this and what's with that? 
The answer is, Hashem has a plan, and the entire plan is one plan, one plan only, to be Megala, Kvot Shemaim in the world, and Kvot Shemaim in the world, equals Kvot Klausel in the world. Like we said, it's Hainuhach, it's the same thing. Bez Hashem, we wait until the day that that uh, the Kvot Shemaim will be revealed in the world, and Tzadikim will rejoice, Hasidim will sing and Yisharim will dance and we will see the Kvot Shemaim in the world.